Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Tyson Bibb. A special warm welcome to any guests or visitors we have joining us on this second Sunday in Lent. Uh, and if you're looking at that word there, that is reminiscere, and that means remember in Latin. That is the first word in our intro. As we pray today, remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness. And the reason why we pray that this morning is because we see in both the Old Testament and Gospel uh, that we are to hold God to his word. And so since I mentioned that, I'll direct your attention to that Focused on Christ section on the inside of the back cover of your bulletin where we have a summary of our readings today. Jacob wrestled with God. He would not let him go until he received a blessing from him. So it was with the Canaanite woman. Though Jesus seemed to ignore and even reject her, she continued to call upon his name and look to him for help. Even when the Lord called her a little dog, she held on to him in faith and would not let him wriggle out of his words, Yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. This Gentile woman shows herself to be a true Israelite who struggles with God and man in Christ and prevails. O woman, great is your faith, be it done for you as you, as you desire. This is the sanctifying will of God, to test your faith in order that it may be refined and strengthened. For tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope in Christ does not disappoint. Our service this day is the Office of Matins, as it begins on page 219. We now sing the first hymn. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday in Lent is from Genesis chapter 32. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place, the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose, up, the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore to this day the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the, the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. O Lord, have mercy upon us. The epistle is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to live and to please God just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, 
as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. O Lord, have mercy upon us. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 15th chapter. Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text this day comes from the Gospel reading, which you just heard, Matthew 15, 27, and 28. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Holding God to his word. Well, that's what we see happening in both the Gospel and Old Testament lessons today. And at first, the thought of holding God to his word, it kind of strikes us as strange. But nonetheless, that is what we see today. In Genesis 32, Jacob finds himself physically wrestling with God, the pre-incarnate Christ. That is, Jesus, before we knew him as Jesus. And this wrestling match, it lasted over the entirety of an evening. This wrestling match is intense enough that at one point, God touches Jacob's hip and puts it out of socket, and yet Jacob will not let go. Jacob tells the Lord, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob tenaciously and doggedly holds on for a blessing because he knows that he's wrestling with God himself. Now, what blessing is Jacob after? Well, he wants to know that God will do what he has already promised he will do, a promise that is later fulfilled in Christ. This, of course, is God's promise to always be with Jacob, to increase Jacob's family beyond number. But Jacob is holding God to his word, which is exactly what God wants of Jacob and of all his people, including you. Now, the Lord could have ended this wrestling match any time he wanted with a, a mere thought or word, and yet the Lord wrestles with Jacob until Jacob has nothing to hold on to except the very promises of God himself. Everything Jacob was experiencing in that wrestling match was telling him that God was against him, and yet he clung to what he knew of God from his word alone. Again, this is exactly what the Lord wanted of Jacob, and it's also what he wants of you, his saints. God wants you to hold him to his sure and certain word that is his sure and certain promises in Christ Jesus. Now then, looking to the gospel, we see another wrestling match between God and man. Only this encounter, it's different than what we see in the Old Testament lesson. And in some ways, 
this wrestling match is harsher. It's more intense than God's physical brawl with Jacob, even though Jesus never lays a finger on the Canaanite woman. St. Matthew writes, And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Now, first of all, this cry of mercy, it should sound familiar to you because the woman's words are almost identical to that of the blind man that we heard crying out for the Lord's mercy just two weeks ago on Quinquagesima Sunday. This woman is crying out in faith to Jesus, who is the Christ, the promised Messiah, the son of David. And this is why she refers to him as such, son of David. It's a wonderful prayer of the one who is clinging to the promises of God's word concerning the Messiah to come. Now, what is the situation of this poor Canaanite woman that she calls out for God's mercy? Well, her, her daughter is badly, or depending on how you translate that word, miserably oppressed by a demon, an unclean spirit. This problem should also be fresh in our minds because it was only a week ago now that we witnessed Jesus face down the prince of demons, Satan, in the wilderness, doing battle with only the word of God and triumphing over him. Now, given all this background and context, you would expect the next, <clears throat> pardon me, the next thing you hear to be, and Jesus had compassion on the woman, and he cast out the demon from her daughter. Except that is not what we hear. Not at all. St. Matthew writes, but he, Jesus, did not answer her a word. Jesus ignores the distressed woman and her request. This is unsettling, to say the least. <clears throat> Even Jesus' disciples who are annoyed by the presence of this woman and her crying out after them, they sound more merciful than he does. We read, and his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away, for she's crying out after us. Now, the sense of this is that they did want Jesus to show mercy on the woman, but it was for the sake of having her away from them, that, they would, or that she would leave them alone. So then what happens next? He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. These words of Jesus are cold, they are judgmental, and they are true. This woman was a Gentile, a Canaanite, and as such, she had no claim on the Christ, the Messiah. She was not from the line of Abraham, not of Israel. These words of Jesus, harsh as they may sound, they're both an instructive reminder to his disciples and also a word of rebuke to the woman. Now, honestly, I wouldn't blame you for thinking at this moment, this does not sound like the Jesus I know. And if that's where you're at, well then, dear saint, keep holding on. The rest of the match continues. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. Now, the woman gets right up there in front of Jesus, gets down on her hands and knees in a posture of worship at his feet. And she does not address him with eloquent speech. She calls out to him with three simple words, Lord, help me. Similar to Jacob in the Old Testament lesson, she will not let Jesus go. What happens next is both stunning and painful. Jesus answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. This is a shock to our ears and to our hearts, is it not? I mean, Jesus is putting this Canaanite woman to the test. He is pushing her to the absolute limit for a purpose. In other words, this Canaanite woman is not the only one looking for something. Jesus is also looking for something from her, or rather, in her. 
Now keep in mind, these words of Jesus, they're an insult. At this time in history, dogs are not cuddly personal companions. They're not comfort dogs. They're not members of your family. At best, dogs, they were working animals. And then at worst, well, they were similar to modern-day raccoons. You know those animals that we also call trash pandas? Knocking over your garbage cans at night and creating a nasty mess for you to clean up. Jesus addresses this woman as a little dog who would take away the bread from his children. And yet, this woman, her response is amazing. She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Dear saints, that is faith. That is faith. And that is what Jesus was looking for and what he found. Now notice that the woman, she doesn't deny that she's a dog. She accepts the rebuke even as she clings to Jesus as her master and as her Lord. And yet this poor woman is so much more than a dog to Jesus. She is one of his beloved children. By her faith, she proves herself to be a true child of Israel. And it is revealed that she has a place at God's table by grace through faith in the Messiah. Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly from that moment. Now you can almost hear the words of Jacob echoing in the air in this exchange. I will not let you go unless you bless me. See, this is the language of faith. <clears throat> Pardon me. Jacob and the Canaanite woman, they doggedly hold to Jesus and to his word. It is as though they say, I know who you are, Lord. I know your promises. In your word, you promise that you are merciful. In your word, you promise to work all things to the good of your chosen people. In your word, you promise that you will never leave me nor forsake me. In your word, you promise that you abound in steadfast love and forgive the sins of the penitent. O oh Lord, my God, I am holding to your word. And you know what? God delights in this. He smiles upon it. He smiles upon this faith. I mean, just look at Jesus' response to the Canaanite woman. He practically gushes. Now keep in mind, this is not the same thing as someone rubbing a magic lamp until the genie comes out and grants wishes. God is not some kind of slot machine that if you pull his arm enough, he's going to give you exactly what you want when you want it. Not at all. God is not here to do our bidding. Rather, God has made promises to us, precious promises to us in his word, and he wants us to cling in faith to his promises. The same as a child clings to the legs of his father, crying out, you promised, Daddy. And what does God say? He says, you're right, my beloved. I did promise, and I always keep my promises. You see, dear saints, you too wrestle with God. We all do. You have experienced times in life where it seemed as though God was your adversary, your enemy, and not your ally. You know what it is to be knocked down, laid low in the dust, like you've just received a gut punch to your soul. This is when the devil comes to oppress us with his evil lies. Just like Adam in the garden and Jesus in the wilderness, Satan tempts us. Did God actually say he'll forgive you? Did God actually say that he'll never leave you? He'll never forsake you? Did God actually say that he loves you? That he'll fight for you? Strengthen you? That he'll comfort you? Where is your God now? It is at times like this when we are just like the Canaanite woman. We speak no fancy words to God. We simply pray, Lord, help me. Lord, have mercy. And thanks be to God the Father. For he has had mercy on us in his son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. 
You see, calling upon the Lord for mercy is the theme for the second Sunday in Lent, reminiscere. That word, reminiscere, is Latin for remember, which is the first word of the intro. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Let not my enemies exult over me. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, O my God. In you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Remember your mercy, O Lord. In other words, I'm holding to your word, Lord. I'm holding you to your word. Now this theme, it also continues in the gradual today, even though it's not printed in your bulletin. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. God be praised that he does bring us out of all our distresses. He has considered our afflictions and our troubles and he has carried them to the cross where he has taken the punishment for them. He has won the forgiveness of our sins. You see, the old evil foe, he would slay us with his lies, but now he is the one who is mortally wounded. His head crushed under the beautiful feet of Jesus who is the good news of God in the flesh. The Lord has remembered his mercy and his steadfast love for he has sent his only begotten son, the son of David, to defeat our enemies. Sin, death, and Satan, they would have oppressed us for all eternity were it not for our Savior, Jesus Christ. He has redeemed you, O Israel, out of all your troubles. The Lord to whom we lift up our souls, he himself was lifted up on the tree of the cross in order to save us, to redeem us, and he has. The Son of God was put to shame before wicked men so that we would never be put to shame before God, our Heavenly Father. In Christ Jesus, you are forgiven. You're redeemed. Therefore, be at peace, dear saints, because the Lord remembers his mercy for you daily. Now, as I mentioned a minute ago, there are times in life when it seems God is our enemy and not our ally. That's how it seemed for the Canaanite woman and also for Jacob. Remember, though, that the Lord tests us just as he did that faithful woman and just as he did Jacob through that whole night of wrestling. The Lord tests us in order to refine and to purify our faith. He wants us to fear, love, and trust in him above all things as we study in the catechism as Luther distilled it from the Bible. Therefore, when it seems like the Lord has turned his back on you, cling to his bare word alone. Cling to him in hope. Lord, help me. Lord, have mercy. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Abba, Father, you promised. That is the cry of faith. That is the prayer of children in need of help. They cry out to their Father in faith. And so take heart, people loved by God, for your Father, he always hears the prayers of you, his children, and he answers you today with his mercy, with his forgiveness, his comfort, and his love. These are all yours in Christ Jesus. For the sake of Christ Jesus, your sins are forgiven. Your Lord, the Son of David, he was crucified and raised from the dead for you. He has ascended to the right hand of the Father for you, where he rules to all eternity for your benefit. The promise made to Jacob has come true. In Christ Jesus, you have pardon for your sins. You have peace everlasting eternal life with him in the place he has prepared for you and the healing of your souls. Holding God to his word. Dear friends in Christ, this is what your heavenly father desires of you as baptized children. He wants you to know his word and doggedly hold to it. He wants you to cling to him in faith no matter the circumstances. And now remember, it is he who took hold of you in holy baptism. 
washing you clean of sin, joining you to his son, setting you free from death and hell. This is the same God who seats you at his table and feeds you, his dear children, with the very bread of life. This is our Lord and our God who will one day call us to his eternal paradise. This is his promise to you in Christ, and you can hold him to it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. O God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. To our shepherd of Israel and master, whose tender mercies and loving kindness are of old, that he would not depart from us until he blesses us, and that as he once strove for Jacob, so God would strive for us now who trust in him. Let us pray to the Lord. For the church and all pastors in Christ, especially Matthew, our synod president, Lee, our district president, and Glenn, our circuit visitor, for this and every congregation, and for faith to cling to him in adversity, boldness to oppose the devil and resist the flesh, and compassion to serve one another in love, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for our homes, that they would not be places to worship our bellies, glory and shame, or set our minds on earthly things, but a refuge of love here and a foretaste of our heavenly home. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For our nation and its officials, that the Lord would give them wisdom and integrity, and that neither they nor the citizens of our land would hinder his church or despise his call to repentance. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For those who mourn, that the unshakable promises of Christ the crucified of the crucified and resurrected Christ would be their comfort and consolation in the midst of sadness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For those who are sick and afflicted, especially Bob Rash, Ron Gibson, and Chuck Lichty, that he who cast out demons and performed cures on his way to the cross would strengthen their faith and deliver them from suffering. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For all who are shut in, especially Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that by his gracious word, our Lord would grant comfort, strengthening of faith and encouragement in these gray and latter days. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we implore you by your Holy Spirit to strengthen our hearts and confirm our faith and hope in your grace and mercy. Although we have reason to fear for the sake of our conscience, our sin, and our unworthiness, let us nevertheless hold fast like the woman of Canaan to your grace. In every trial and temptation, let us find you a present help and refuge. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thanks be to God for his promises in Christ Jesus, and thanks be to God for good hymns that faithfully confess those promises. As we look ahead to our announcements for this week, of course, um, uh, there's Bible study and Sunday school immediately following worship. And then this Tuesday at 9 a.m., we continue our Lutheran Confessions reading group. And then a new member class will be held that evening at 7. 
uh, this Wednesday. Our uh, time in Lent continues with a midweek school confirmation followed by our Lenten meal and then our, um, forgive me, I can't believe I missed that, uh, our uh, Vesper service that evening, not Ash Wednesday, we're, we're beyond that now. Uh, followed then by the workout class and choir rehearsal, and then handbell practice on Thursday evening at 7. Uh, there's still opportunity if you'd like to help out with the Lenten meals. We do have the menu posted there in the bulletin, and there are sign-up sheets on the glass case, uh, and there in the, uh, uh, the narthex or the vestibule there as you come in. Also, Easter cards are available in the library on the card rack. Please contact Louise if you have any questions about that. And then also something coming up here is a Young Adults Night Out. Uh, so Friday, March 25th from 5.30 to 9.30 p.m. Uh, parents, if you're looking for a, a night out here and it's difficult to find child care, well, the Trinity Women's Group has a solution for you here. They'd like to help. On March 25th, child care will be provided here at church from 5.30 to 9.30 now, an accurate count is, is needed both for the children that we'll have and also for the helpers. Yes, Patty? And so she'd like for you to contact her by this coming Thursday so that she knows how many children and helpers to plan on. And the contact number is listed there in the bulletin. And then also a reminder that the day after that, Saturday the 26th from 9 a.m. to 11.30, we'll have our family catechesis class, uh, Saturday morning school, uh, where we're just... Um, looking at the scriptures and what they have to say about teaching our children the faith and then looking at some very practical ways uh, both to have home devotions and to teach the promises of God's word, to teach his uh, inspired and infallible word in the home um, as we continue uh, our lives in Christ. That being said, that brings us to the end of our announcements. Anything I may have missed this day? No? All right. God's peace be with you, children of God, as you go into this week holding fast to Christ and his word. I'll greet you at the door.